Welcome into another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm Colton Stone alongside, as always, Chris Bassnett. A little different uh, scenario here, of course, uh, on this Halloween Monday. Um, but prep football doesn't stop for anything. No holidays, right. no nothing. So we just got to keep rolling through. But before um, before we get to it, Chris, first full weekend, I should say first full Friday of every class of prep football playoffs, um, It it feels like this is the truly the fun part of the season because we had we of course had some blowouts we expected that but we also had some incredible comebacks and and some I mean near upsets and some yeah. some upsets too. Yeah, first off, my apologies to Lincoln Southwest who I picked to lose to Miller West <laughs> in the first round. That was the only game I missed in the Class A bracket, but Silverhawks played well. But yeah, I, kind of one of those just classic, you know, first. First weekend games, you know, Grand Island Northwest beating Elkhorn uh, in a 13 to four game uh, in Class B is the one that kind of stands out. Unbeaten Ainsworth going down to Elm Creek uh, in D1, Osceola going down to Bloomfield in a great game uh, in D2. Excuse me, the Ainsworth game was in D2 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the eight man, the eight man bracket saw, I think, a lot of uh, turnover. Uh, we saw Weeping Water win again. Weeping Water win again. I've got Weeping Water in the semifinals, so I'm feeling really good about that pick. Um, yeah, beat 15 seed Weeping Water, beat their second straight unbeaten. Uh, beat uh, beat Cross County uh, two weeks ago. Beat Laurel Concord Coleridge this last Friday. Mm-hmm. They're six and four. Uh, now they get the seven seed Clarkson Lee with a trip to the semifinals on the line and uh, the potential to maybe meet another unbeaten in Stanton in that semifinals after Stanton plays Nebraska Christian who upset Thayer Central uh, in their mm-hmm. first round game. So yeah, just, it, it's a, it's a fun time of year. It's not so fun for those teams that lose that first game and see their season in, but yeah, it, it's fun to kind of watch all the upsets play out and, and see some of the the unexpected teams uh, advance to the next round. Yeah. And I think uh, the, the, the biggest, maybe biggest near upset uh, of course came at the hands of, of a Lincoln school. Uh, Gretna, we kind of thought, Hey, you know, we talked about it quite literally last week. Gretna should kind of, you know, maybe not coast their way through, but it seems like, hey, these guys are are leaps and bounds better than everyone. And, and Lincoln Southeast pushed them right to the end. Yeah, Lincoln Southeast is thrown into the end zone with a chance to win that game late. Um, and and who would have thought that? And, and that's not to say that Lincoln Southeast is a is a bad team or anything like that. They just they played exceptionally well. Uh, Owen Baxter played a great game going up against, you know, who's the guy who's widely considered the the best quarterback, maybe the best football player in the state on uh, Zane Flores and went toe-to-toe with him. And, and Southeast goes toe-to-toe with Gretna and, and almost kind of pulls in an all-timer there. Uh, that would have been uh, one of the bigger wins. And Southeast, of course, has great history with his football program, but that would be right up there with just about any win Southeast has had, I would think, just because of the pure, you know, unexpected nature of, of – of Southwest Southeast, excuse me, potentially winning that game. But yeah, to push, to push Gretna the whole way, you know, I was over at the Southwest game and you're kind of seeing the updates roll across Twitter and you go, Oh, okay. They, they, they hung in there for a quarter. Oh, okay. They hung in there for a half. Oh, okay. It's the fourth quarter. And they're, they're like in the lead and, and they might do this thing. So no, it's, you give a lot of credit to Southeast. The Knights have had a, an up and down year. They've battled some injuries this year, but, but yeah, great effort by the Knights in, in pushing Gretna right to the end. Yeah, and if anything, you could if you're Gretna, the upside of of that game is okay. We figured out how how we can battle with the team throughout an entire game, and then you know still dig deep and, and find a way to win. You know, it 
of course there were chances that they could have squandered it, but uh, you know, there was a lot of time on the clock towards, towards the end of the game. They, they could have seen Southeast score and maybe still put something together, but you know, it was, it was good. I think for Gretna, the upside for them, of course, is okay. We've now played in a tight competitive game. Now we're going to see Bellevue West. Yeah. It's, I think it just illustrates how kind of wide open this bracket is. You look at the eight teams that are left and you go, okay, yeah, Gretna, yeah, West Side. But, man, let's not forget what Bellevue West almost did to Gretna a few weeks ago when, when Gretna had that crazy rally to, to win 40-37. to 37. Creighton Prep has played Gretna, played Bellevue West, played all these great teams close, hasn't gotten over the hump against them. They're still alive. They're playing Elkhorn South this week. That's two teams that I think are, are certainly semifinal worthy and, and finals worthy. On the other side, West Side's been there all year. We know that. Millard South is, is one of the best teams in the class with Cam Kolschel at quarterback. And then you look at Grand Island, who, who beat Omaha North twice this season to get to the quarterfinals. So it's a it's a class that, yeah, I, it's, it's good that, that Gretna got pushed. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, I think it just illustrates that it's it's that thing we talked about last week. Any given night, any given team, if it's the right matchup, anybody's got a shot in that bracket. Yeah, you talk about uh, um, Millard South, a bit of a surprise, but not not because of where you know, not because of the win. The surprise is just that they started off so slow, and come to find out, you know, well, hey, we didn't have our quarterback, and then it's almost like they drop him in, and all of a sudden, I mean, this this is a team that if the right you know things bounce their way, they could easily be in Memorial Stadium. Yeah, the, the, this team has one loss with Cam Kolschel at quarterback, and that loss is in overtime to Omaha Westside, <laughs> who was ranked number one most of the season. So that tells you the talent level uh, on that roster. And, and they have to take a tough trip out to Kearney, which is a really hard place to play for anybody, much less an Omaha team coming three hours to the West. And it, we talk about the the offense and everything else, but their defense has two pick sixes uh, in a two-score game. And, and that ends up kind of being the difference. So, so yeah, Millard South has as good a chance as anybody. You have to think they really like their draw right now. Uh, getting Grand Island, uh, they have to travel again out to Grand Island mm-hmm. this Friday, and, and that's no gimme. Like we said, the Islanders have been really good this year, but you win that game, there's a, there's a chance you're seeing Omaha West Side again in the semifinals, and you know you can play with them. You know you probably have a pretty good chance to beat them. So yeah, if you're Millard South, e- even with a you know a six and four record, you feel pretty good about where you're at right now. Yeah, truly, their only downside is is the wild card points they kind of got stuck with because they don't they don't get to play at home. That's essentially the the, the downfall for them. And of course, uh, you know, you briefly mentioned it, but Lincoln Southwest, uh, bit of a revenge game, getting a win over Millard West. Uh, and moving on, of course, the the reward is playing Omaha West Side on the road. Yeah. But um, big win for Southwest to to take one in the first round. Really, I think the thing I noticed most about that was the celebration after the game uh, uh, for the Southwest guys. You could tell that was that was a the game they really won. They they felt like they let one get away the first time these teams played, and they kind of did. You know, let's be honest. Miller West throws a seventy yard touchdown pass with you know about a minute fifteen left in that game to win after Southwest had led the whole way and Southwest led the whole way in this one again. And, you know, they're up 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter. You're going, man. And I think I even tweeted that after that last touchdown, boy, that's the dagger. Southwest is going to do this. And of course, Miller West returns the kickoff, gets the onside kick, <laughs> drives down inside the five again. But 
you know, I, I wrote it for today's paper. It's, it's Southwest seniors making plays, you know, okay. Cal Newell goes over 200 yards. Colin Fritton has a great game at quarterback. They have a senior pick recover the fumble inside the five after the onside kick. So it's, that's a great win for Southwest. That's their first playoff win um, in the, in the non COVID division since 2011. So it's a, it's a big step for that program and for Andrew Sherman, the head coach. And, and yeah, like you said, the reward now is Omaha West side. And now you've got that playoff when you're almost playing with house money a little bit because yeah. nobody's expecting you to win Friday night. You can go play loose and free and, and you feel pretty good. But at the same time, you know, you've got a really good player in Cal Newell at running back. And, and if Southwest can find a way to, to get a lead in that game into the second half, you know, you've got a horse that you can hand it to and, and run clock and shorten the game and give yourself a chance. And look, we, it's been proven that Westside isn't invincible. They they have the loss this year. They they were pushed to overtime by Millard South. Southwest can go in there and win this game. Is it going to be easy? No, it's it's not. And it's never easy in the playoffs, but they've got a shot. And all you want this time of year is a shot. So that's what Southwest has. We'll see what they can do with it. Yeah, it's we've seen time and time again that Westside has had to, you know, come out in the second half and and you know make adjustments. They're not a team yeah. that not always going into halftime with a lead. They have to, you know, adjust what the other team is throwing at them. Now, they've been one of the better adjusted teams in the second half, of course. But, you know, it it is – you can kind of piece together the games where they've either gone down at halftime or, you know, gone to overtime, whatever it may be. You can kind of piece the things that work together. And if Southwest can, you know, get the right ones together – Again, anything can happen on, on a Friday night. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much argument that Westside has the best collection of, you know, probably overall athletes uh, in the class, just with the the way they have those guys kind of spread around at different positions all over the field. But, yeah, again, if, if Southwest hits on the right combination, if they get that game into the second half with the lead, then then who knows? We we know that Omaha Westside – is going to be facing a lot of pressure because a lot of people expect them to make the championship game. And I've expected them to make the championship game all season. Now, now here's the Silverhawks who, who nobody expected to be in the finals. <laughs> and not a lot of people expected to be in the quarterfinals. Let, let's yeah. be honest. But, and, but again, that's, that's why you play them, right? If, if it's a game into the second half, you, you kind of start leaning on North on Southwest a little bit, because they've got some pieces that can, that can get it done if they give themselves a chance. Yeah. Chris, looking at Class B, uh, pretty much what we—I don't want to say what we expected, but yeah. you know, if you if you just looked at it purely seating wise, kind of what we expected to happen. Biggest upset is uh, GI Northwest over Elkhorn High. Watched the end of that game. It was—it got pretty. It was interesting. Like I—I I, I have covered a handful of Elkhorn football games, and you know that was—I don't know. It just didn't seem. Some just seemed off, but you know, again, Friday night Northwest, they just put together the right game plan on the road, and there they are sitting in the in the quarterfinals now. Yeah, it's that's a that's an incredible win for Northwest. And again, you look at the record, and you almost have to you almost have to throw that out a little bit. And, and obviously, the games count, but you look at who they played. They lose to Aurora Week One, who nobody's beaten Aurora this year. They lose uh, a five-point game to Scott. They lose a two-point game to Seward. They lose a one a seven-point game to Scott's Bluff. They lose a three-point game to York. It's not like they've been getting blown out in these mm-hmm. games. It's been one-possession games. 
uh, in their losses, and they just haven't found a way to get over the hump. Same thing happens last Friday night. It's a one-possession game, but they get the field goal at the end after that, like you said, that kind of crazy final minute there in Elkhorn. So this is a team that's that's not afraid of the moment. You know, they, they had a chance to beat Scott's Bluff out in Scott's Bluff uh, halfway through the season. They, they've been in these situations before. So it, it pretty cool, again, pretty cool to see the upset. Not so cool if you're Oakhorn. Uh, but <laughs> now, now, again, your reward is getting to face a Waverly team who we've talked about plenty here with that great defense who's playing at home. And But you know what? You did it once. And again, Northwest has, has no fear of anybody. If, if they can get it to the fourth quarter, they're not, there's not going to be a lot of nervousness on that sideline because they've been in this situation several times and now they found a way to get over the hump. Yeah. And Waverly uh, cruising past Norris. Um, this, they, I think they were the, they were the better team uh, hands down. And the, the, the defense for Waverly has just been, I mean, suffocating at points where the, yeah. the other team has uh, just a, a difficult time even moving the ball against them. But Northwest in the past has kind of been Waverly's kryptonite. So mm-hmm. that that is a, a matchup that's interesting because, again, much like Southwest, Northwest, you're going in with nothing to lose. I mean, yeah. worst case scenario, you lose to, quote, a better team. Best case scenario, you're in the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and both those teams look at that. And you look at what's on the other side of that bracket, and it's probably going to be Bennington, uh, assuming they beat Elkhorn North. But Elkhorn North played Bennington as tough as anybody this year. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that. Only gave up tw- only gave up 21 points <laughs> to the Badgers, which is the fewest anybody's allowed. But you have to think Waverly with that defense would feel pretty good uh, trying to match up with, with Bennington's offense. And again, Northwest isn't afraid of anybody. Uh, if if they win that game. So, yeah, that's a game, I think, that Waverly-Northwest game is one you look at, and both teams are going into that saying, oh, yeah, we, we can win this game. It's This is not a mismatch by any means. And, and Waverly, even as a five-seed playing the 13, they, they've got to be ready to go because, like we said, Northwest could very easily make the trip out, to, out there and, and, and win that game. Yep. And then uh, looking at the rest of that, that top half of that bracket, Pius Falls, Elkhorn North, as you mentioned, uh, Elko North just kind of looked like the better team in the second half. Um, seemed like a similar story for Pius that we've seen all season, hang around for a half, and then, you know, it kind of you know, starts to fall a little to the wayside. But, I mean, what, what they did this season, you know, it may not have resulted in a playoff victory, but, I mean, they hung with the best teams in the state. And, you know, that's I think that's still something to be proud of. I mean, you still won five ball games. And the other five, if it if it bounces the right way, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you, you talk about a team that's been in Class A for the past several years and then dropped down to B and play maybe the toughest schedule in Class B uh, yeah. when it's all said and done. And like you said, in just about all those games that they lost uh, into halftime, into the second half, just maybe didn't have quite enough to get over the hump in those games, but they win a district title. Uh, they they mm-hmm. played Norris for a district title and blow, blow Norris out to win a district title. And, and that that's something that, that you can point to as you kind of go into the offseason now and move forward going, look, when we had a big moment, we were able to rise to it. And, and now that that's something they can build on. Elkhorn North, of course, first playoff appearance in school history, first, first playoff win in school history. That's great for that program. It shows you how quickly it can happen if you have the right people in place. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're pious, not a whole lot 
to be upset about. You probably feel like you let a couple games get away there. But again, you played an absolutely horrifically tough schedule all year. And to do what Pius did, they battled some injuries, especially up front uh, on the lines. Uh, they kind of had to piece it together there for a few games. If they're able to stay fully healthy through the whole year, you know, who knows? Who knows how it turns out? But but at the end of the day, you probably take five. If you're looking at that schedule before the season, you, you probably go, you know what? Five and five is not going to be too bad with the teams we're playing. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from B, is the bottom half still Scott's Bluffs to lose? Yeah, I think so. That that Scott's Bluffs gut game feels like one of those classic, you know, 14 to 7 November games where <laughs> it's just two teams smashing into each other. Uh, Scott's Bluff made it look easy uh, against Platts within the first round. They get to stay at home, of course. Uh, Scott travels out there uh, to play the Bearcats. Uh, the York gross game, uh, I think, is really interesting to me. I think York plays good enough defense and, and can run the ball enough to, to give gross some issues. So I think there's some intrigue in that game. But, yeah, Scott's Bluff right now, they, they've been tested enough this year. They get to stay at home all the way through, you know, to the semifinals uh, if they make it that far. So I think you have to you have to like Scott's Bluff, at least for this Friday, for sure. Moving on to Class C1, uh, Maybe one of the best games of of Friday, Lincoln Christian, that eight nine matchup in C one against Ron Colley, outscores Ron Colley twenty one to seven in the second half, goes for two at the or well I guess maybe it was a kick, but has to make the extra point at the end uh, to take a one point lead, and then there's still eh, it wasn't much time. There's still a little bit of time that Ron Colley could have done something with it, but instead, you know, Lincoln Christian is now eight and two, and they're in the quarterfinals of C one and. Unfortunately, they have to play Aurora. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's again, not nice reward for winning that game uh, last Friday. That, you have to give a lot of credit to Lincoln Christian. Omaha and Ron Colley came in with one of the best quarterbacks in the state, Brady McGill. Um, I watched Ron Colley against Ashton Greenwood, uh, another really, really good program. And that was a game that went right down the wire and, and a game that anybody could have won. And I walked away from that going, man, uh, Ashton Greenwood's really good. Ron Colley is really good too. And they had a lot of weapons on offense. They obviously showed them against Lincoln Christian, but man, give the Crusaders credit. I don't think anybody saw this as a quarterfinal team, you know, maybe outside of the, outside of Christian's locker room. I don't think anybody maybe saw this as a quarterfinal team uh, in C1 after the, I think they won two or three games last year. Now you're eight and two, you get to go to Aurora. And it's just like we talked about with, with a couple of other teams here, you're playing with house money, you know, and I don't think a lot of people in the state expected Lincoln Christian to beat Omaha Ron Colley. Probably going to be even fewer people expecting Lincoln Christian to beat Aurora. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And it, Lincoln Christian running that double wing offense. Again, if they can hang around, if they can get it into the second half and have a lead, they have the type of offense that they can shorten the game. And that's what it's going to have to come down to. You're not going to stop. Aurora on offense. They're just too good. They have too many weapons. They're too deep. But if Lincoln Christian can can maybe make this another shootout and, and get that lead and, and be able to milk a little clock late, who knows? You've got to put the pressure on these on these heavy favorites and, and see how they react to it. Aurora's a team that hasn't really been pushed this year. Can Lincoln Christian push them deep in the second half and give themselves a chance? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's – yeah, if you can make it another – 45, 40 kind of game. I mean, once you kind of hit the past the threshold of 30, 30 plus points per team, anything could happen at yeah. that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about what what style of game is Lincoln Christian best suited to win mm -hmm. uh, in a game like this? They're going to pull the upset. Feels, it feels like a shootout because if it comes down to a game where 
you know, Aurora's got the ball last in a low scoring game, going to be tough, going to be yeah. tough, I think. But yeah, it's, it's again, kudos to Lincoln Christian for, for putting together a great year and, and giving themselves a shot uh, again to make the semifinals. Looking to the rest of C1, you know, we had Pierce win, McCook win, Adam Central, Ashton Greenwood. Kind of, you know, the, the story that we expected to, to see, uh, you know, Lakeview knocks off Wahoo, or doesn't knock off Wahoo, but Lakeview beats Wahoo. So pretty kind of the teams that, you know, we've we've seen all season is like, hey, these, you know, these are teams built for playoff runs. Um, you know, Ashton Greenwood, you know, you want to say making it look easy. They made it look certainly easy last Friday. Uh, so if they can get past Boone Central, who also made it look very easy against <laughs> Minden, uh, you know, that we could be seeing a, a clash of Aurora and Ashton Greenwood again. Yeah, I, that Boone Central Ashton Greenwood game is going to be so good, I think. You know, it's it's kind of Aurora and Pierce in that top tier in C1. And then I think that next tier is Boone Central, Ashton Greenwood, and McCook. And you've got two of those teams playing each other. Boone Central has played both Aurora and Pierce. Asher Greenwood has played Aurora. Those two teams combined have three losses. They're those two teams. So that kind of tells you where they kind of sit uh, in this mm-hmm. deal. And it's it's going to be one of those classic. You're playing at Ashton Greenwood's home field, uh, Memorial Stadium there in Ashton, down by the down on the Salt Creek. Uh, going to be a great atmosphere for football. Two two teams that in maybe any other year in C1, you're going, man, this is a this is a state final matchup type game. And, and this year happens to be in the quarterfinals and, and the winner gets probably likely Aurora in the next round, assuming things play out like the seeds say they should. So this is a, it's a really, really good game between two really, really good teams. And for Ash and Greenwood, again, give them a lot of credit. They've dealt with some injuries this year too. Two of their captains are, are out for the rest of the year. Guys that have played a lot of football for them, guys that are seniors, and they've continued to just do what they have done in the last few years. So really, really Looking forward to seeing how that game plays out on Friday. That could end up being the game of the night, I think, in the whole state if it, if it goes how I think it might. Yeah. Yeah, moving into Class C2, again, uh, you know, not – actually, no, there were there were a few seed upsets, if you want to say it that way. But um, the, the most intriguing one was we we had talked about Bishop Newman, you know, being, you know, the, the eight-win team uh, kind of seemed like – not that they miraculously put this season together, but – you know, it was it was an excellent season for them. It was a bit of a surprise, and and all Lincoln Lutheran does is walk in and and take them down by ten points. And and Lutheran just, you know, they've kind of come on late, of course. And it always goes back to they lose the Spirit Sword game at the beginning of the season. What where's this team at? And now all of a sudden, you know, they've kind of just been taking care of business week in and week out. Garrett Hopes has been, I mean, maybe the biggest reason why. Yeah, yeah, one of the best quarterbacks in C two, and Johnny Pell is one of the best receivers in C two. Those two have a have a really really good connection. It's tough to stop. And you know, you mentioned losing the Spirit Sword game. Who does Lincoln Lutheran play in Week two? Bishop Newman, and, and loses by three touchdowns. So they're sitting there zero and two. You're going, man. We were talking about this team for a district title, maybe a deep playoff run. Now are they even going to get to the playoffs? Well, here they are, seven and three. You know, they've gone seven and one their last eight, and the only losses to Malcolm who's unbeaten uh, still. So it's that's a great win for Lincoln Lutheran. To, to, to turn around a three-score loss and turn that into a two-score win tells you how far that team has come since the beginning of the season. And that's not even to say that, that Bishop Newman has regret, regressed. They had a great year. 
and they've got a lot of really good young talent. That's a team that's going to be really, really good next year. I think top five caliber uh, next year when, when we get around to, to doing preseason ratings and all those sorts of things. So a great win, kind of like Lincoln Christian. Congratulations, you beat Bishop Newman. Now you get Norfolk Catholic uh, yeah. in, in the next round, maybe the best team in the class. So, but again, you get that game at home, you know, from C2 on down, it's it's the old rule where if you played on the road the week before, you get the home game the next week uh, if your opponent was at home. So Lincoln Lutheran gets gets the quote-unquote home game at Seacrest. They don't have to travel but a few miles. Norfolk Catholic's got to get on the bus and come down. Playing a team, again, that's playing with house money, playing a team that has a great quarterback and a great receiver and an offense that can keep them in a game and, and, and turn it into a shootout if they need to do it. So the pressure's on the Knights, you know, can they, they had a tough game with UTAN last week and mm-hmm. you say tough, they won by two touchdowns, but <laughs> you know, you talk about a team that by and large has, has been winning by, by blowouts, you mm-hmm. know, a, a lot of this year. And now all of a sudden last week you have a, you have a two score game, you know, you go back to uh, a couple of weeks ago, Battle Creek played them pretty tough in a in a three score game. I know that's funny to say. Cedar Catholic <laughs> plays them tough in a in a two score game to end the regular season. So yeah, they haven't lost. Maybe not totally as invincible as we thought they might be. It's still going to be really hard to beat North yeah. Catholic. I don't think there's any question about that. But if you're Lincoln Lutheran, you go into that game thinking, well, we've got as good an offense as anybody, and we've got as good a quarterback as anybody, and so take your chances there and, and, and let's see what happens. Yeah. The, the, the other game of intrigue, of course, we mentioned Malcolm, we mentioned uh, Cedar Catholic. Um, how, how do those two teams match up? We Malcolm has been on an absolute tear. Hayden Frank seems to just get the ball and do whatever he wants with it essentially. Um, but you know, what, what can uh, Hardington CC kind of do to, to maybe give Malcolm fits other than, stop a Hayden Frank. I mean, of course, that's uh, the easiest way. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about a team in, in Hardington that's that's played a really good schedule, um, a, a team that's that's played the best um, in the state. There's no doubt about that. And, and so can you use that experience to where, you know, you, you've been tested, you've played the Oakland Craigs, the Battle Creeks, the Norfolk Catholics, and, you, and you've largely held them down uh, defensively. The most points Cedar Catholic's given up this year is 21. Uh, in the regular season, gave up 20 to Battle Creek, gave up 21 to Oakland Craig, gave up 14 to Norfolk Catholic, who's as good as anybody. So can you just find a way to slow that offense down and, um, again, make it a game into the fourth quarter? We talked about this last week. Brutally tough draw for Malcolm. Another tough test on Friday on the road. Yeah. Uh, D1, you know, we talked about weeping water a little bit already at the top. North Platte, St. Pat. Kind of cruising still, still making it look easy. Uh, and they get Elmwood Murdoch. We know that, you know, that that, that may be uh, a little interesting, but, you know, looking through, um, you know, other than the Weeping Water and Nebraska Christian, I, it kind of seems like, you know, this, the, where we're at in D1 right now is kind of what we expected. Yeah, kind of kind of chalky uh, in D1, I think. Um, the Nebraska Christian over Thayer Central is probably the biggest quote-unquote upset. Weeping Water, seed upset. You look at their schedule. Again, played a really tough schedule, battled some injuries. They beat an unbeaten team last week. They beat another one uh, this last Friday. 
So not a huge shock that they won that game. I think this bracket so far is kind of according to plan. I think St. Pat's, Elmwood Murdoch will be a great game. St. Pat's was without its thousand yard rusher who was injured in the last game of the regular season. Can Murdoch go on the road and, and win a tough one out there? But other than that, lot, this bracket's fun. Uh, Aiden Cooster from Neely Oakdale setting the all-time total offense record. That should be a fun game against Riverside. Stanton, Nebraska question. Stanton all of a sudden looks like a, a, a team that could maybe run through and win this whole whole thing now that's all said and done. Yeah. And then uh, looking at D2 as well, uh, kind of, you know, I, I think we talked about it when we were previewing the entire thing. D1 and D2 feel very similar. It's like, yeah. we here, here's the team we think will win. Now, who has a chance to jump up? Howell's Dodge wins pretty big. You've got Hitchcock County winning big. And then Ainsworth, of course, losing to Elm Creek, which again, seed seed upset. But uh, I think those were two fairly, maybe evenly matched teams. And of course, BDS gets a big one over Lawrence Nelson as well. Yeah, BDS meeting their rivals. Uh, that was an impressive win because Lawrence Nelson had had a really nice year. So if you're BDS, you feel really good about where you're at. You know, I think I had Ainsworth and Osceola meeting in the semifinals, which shows you about how much I know uh, about this. I think I had Ainsworth but, in the final. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but t- tough to, tough to see the career in for Isaiah Zelasny, who was, who was on our cover uh, this year of the football preview that the great player for, for Osceola, he'll have a great basketball season. He'll have a great track season. A lot of credit to Elm Creek. Congratulations. You beat Ainsworth in a power five recruit. Now you get Hitchcock County who beats everybody by a hundred points. So it's another one of those house money games, but yeah, this bracket, I think for the most part kind of went without, went through without a lot of huge surprises, at least from the upset side. Yeah. And then moving into six man, there is some intrigue in six man. We've got a Parkview Christian big win, of course. Um, Patriots look like, that they have a real shot. I mean, I know yeah. it was, you know, we kind of joke that's the only shot at a state title in, in the capital city, Yeah, but they looked good. I mean, I know they, they were maybe playing a, a mismatched Southwest team, but uh, I mean, again, lose to SEM without, you know, they lose Chandler page in the, in that game. And then they've just gone on a tear through everything else. Yeah. You, you have to think it's, it's got to be hard for for that coaching staff to keep them focused on Red Cloud because you look at look who's waiting uh, if you win this game and maybe it's a rematch with SEM to go to the state title game. Yeah, since that since that SEM game, Parkview Christian has rolled. They're healthy. They looked really good last week. SEM looked really good last week. Potter Dix only scored 109 points, which is the the state record for a six man game uh, playoffs or regular season. So they're they're the pretty prohibitive favorite. But yeah, the intrigue is in those two semifinals at the top of the bracket for sure. SEM and Shelton and Parkview Christian at Red Cloud. If we go how if it goes how we think it will go, those two teams are, are probably meeting in the semifinals and Parkview Christian will get SEM back on their home field again. So that'd be a pretty juicy storyline should both, both those teams win this Friday. Yeah, and it would, um, you know, that's, that's like you said, the intrigue is at that top half. You look at the bottom half, yeah, Potter Dix, 109-41, uh, which – I believe was their own record they set last year, but there were more points in that game because it was, well, I think, 101 to 80, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Six-man football, got to love it. Yeah. Uh, how big of a surprise is that Cody Kilgore? Uh, maybe maybe not a huge surprise, but you know, I kind of thought maybe Cody Kilgore would get maybe a shot at Potter Dix if they could have you know, upset Arthur County and said they're out in the first round. Yeah, uh, to defending champs lost to Hay Springs in the last week of the regular season. Hay Springs has to turn around and go right back to Cody Gilgore for the playoffs. You're thinking, okay, the Cowboys maybe can pull this one off. 
Cody Kilgore scores the first 12 points. Hayes Springs scores the last 28. So a lot of credit to Hayes Springs uh, in that one. So so maybe, again, a, a seed upset, uh, but maybe not a huge upset when you just right. kind of look at it, you know, from the eye test. Yeah. All right. Well, we will have plenty of more football coverage. And, of course, State Volleyball this week. So stay tuned uh, for State Volleyball coverage on journalstar.com, on, on all the Twitters. Um, but for Chris Vassnett, I'm Colton Stone. It's been another another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast.